Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. My name's Chesney. I'm the family ministry pastor here at SEC. And I get the privilege today to interview our pastor and Rhonda. And uh, I just want you to give them the biggest 12 o'clock SEC welcome to the stage that you can, the loudest you can as they come. Team Rhonda. That's right. Know my friends. <laughs> you can always count on Brandon. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow, 26 years. 26. How old are we? Old. Yeah, we're, we're so old, but I've known you longer than that. 31 years. Mm. Crazy. You're really old. Yeah. <laughs> we are really old. Yeah, pastor was my, they were my youth pastors in uh, Tacoa in my hometown uh, growing up. And so I was 14 when I met them in 1990. And, uh, but you know, the thing is, you just know when people come into your life that they're going to make a difference. You just know you have a connection with people. You don't know why. And I was that kid that was always there. And, uh, you know, where they wanted me to be or not uh, at their house or helping with the, when the kids were little or whatever that or was. Babysitting Rhonda. Babysitting yeah. Rhonda when uh, Pastor <laughs> Jeff had to go out of town and she was scared to stay by herself. All those kinds of things. So that was um, so much fun. But you just know, and I knew that when they left that I felt a call on my life, probably just because of watching him and watching Rhonda. And I knew that God was giving me a love. My parents and my grandparents were so involved in ministry, and they gave me um, a love for ministry. But they showed me what the calling was about and what God could do through you. And I knew that when I left, or when they left my home church, that I wanted to come be a part of your ministry, however I could do that. And I did that. After college, he took a chance on me. And, and I, I know that when people are called into ministry, they may be called to a location or some people are called to organization or a cause. But for me, I feel like my calling is to you. Mm. And so um, I am honored to be here on the stage with you today and to do 26 years or 24 years, whatever it is that I, I've been here with you guys. It's just been the, one of the joys of my life. So thank you. Thank you for believing in all of us. Yep. So we do have a couple of pictures of you back in your early years. Um, if you, I know, see, wow. you thought he didn't have hair, but he did. He did. That was his first headshot um, with hair. That was his first staff picture in Tacoa in, uh, for the church directory. 22. Church directory. 22 years old. Yep. He yeah. was. I think I just went through puberty. I see yeah. my hair on my lip up there. <laughs> that pencil mustache and that little hair thing going on. That was awesome. And then, of course, getting married. Had no idea what was ahead. No. Uh, no idea. No. no. 
do. So you, um, you, were, you were my student pastor starting in 1990, and then you went to Stone Mountain mm-hmm. after you left our church. And Joey, who's our production, uh, Joey does all kinds of things, graphics and production here at SEC. But that's where you met him, and you just pick up kids along the way mm-hmm. and bring them with you that's right. to, to church. Jeff's kids. Jeff's kids. That's what Joey and I call ourselves, Jeff's kids. And so, but you came to a point where you um, felt like the lead pastor role was something that God had for you. How was that? Well, um, you you know, I wish I could say that all of a sudden, you know, God came down and spoke to me about that, but that wasn't the case. I was actually a student pastor with you guys and, and loved the pastor there, and then he left. And when that change happens, it usually means that, okay, there's got to be a change of staff people as well. So that was the case. So I had to find myself looking for another church to go to. And I went to work for another pastor, uh, really loved him and thought, okay, we're on the right track here. And, and then seven months into that, he left. And so I was like, God, you know, and then, of course, the next pastor come in and he pretty much told me, listen, you need to find you somewhere to go. And I said, Lord, I don't want to. I said, you know, if, I guess if I'm a pastor, I can have them say about where I, where I go and how long I go. And I, so I prayed the prayer. I said, God, if you want to be a pastor, me to be a pastor, I will. But I just ask you this. Let me go somewhere and let me stay the rest of my life. I don't want to be one of these that goes here and here a few years and moves and goes somewhere else. I want to stay the rest of my life. And so that was, uh, that was the prayer that we prayed um, all those years ago. And that's what we wanted for our kids, too. We wanted them to have one place to call home and not just move around from place to place. And uh, you guys are it. You're their home church, and we're very proud of that. Yes, that's right. So you made that decision, and then you got an opportunity to go be interviewed, so to speak. Yes. So tell us about that. Well, the way that works, uh, like one of our um, denominational leaders called me and said, hey, we got a church opened up here in Forest Park. Now, he said this, now, you're not going to be the pastor. I got another guy that's going to be the pastor, but I want you to go and uh, preach there as well. And I said, okay, you know, I'm 26 years old, so I'd be glad to go preach anywhere. You know, it didn't matter. You get the invitation to go. So, so we went, and uh, when we pulled up to that uh, little church again, uh, it had bars on the doors and the windows. I was like, what are we getting into I here? think we have a picture of the church. You can see it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, on the other yeah. side, you would have saw the bars on the, other, the, the doors and windows. So it scared me. And I was like, man, what is this? So I went in, and uh, I shared that night, preached a sermon, uh, went out with their committee that was looking for the pastor and had a good meal with them. And Rhonda and I got in the car and said, we're not coming here. That's right. Nope. I mean, that was like our conversation was, it was great being with those people, but we're not coming back. And so... Uh, you know, about Tuesday, something happened. You know, I just said, well, I will pray. And so I did that. I prayed. I started praying. And about Tuesday, I told Rhonda, I said, Rhonda, I got a feeling that we're going to go to that church. And, uh, you know, this may be it. And she's like, no, no, <laughs> no. And, like, are uh, you crazy? Because yeah, you, ha- you had Tyler, he was like two, right? Yes. Yeah, Tyler was about time. two and a half at so, that time. So just be- being selfish, you know, I didn't want to take him... Because, see, we were at a, a being student pastors or youth pastors in a, a larger church. Uh, you had all these ministries already going. You had children's church going. You had nurseries going. And we were going to a church that had none of that to offer him. So it was really, you know, I didn't really want to do that at first. I just thought, I, I don't want to do that to, 
to him or to the kids to come. And uh, but uh, God has been faithful yes. through that process. So yeah, and you had to do it all. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, basically. And, and like going, you know, just to give you an idea. So the church was the first Sunday. We had ninety-two people. That was everybody come out to check out this kid, kid preacher. And then after that, about seventy-five come back. <laughs> It wasn't that impressive. You grew so, it all the way down. I know. It just immediately, the second week is like, okay, it's here. What was the third week? Yeah, and every and the church average age of our church was sixty-five, and so here, this twenty-six-year-old was walking into a congregation that the average age was sixty-five. Like I was their grandchild or their great-grandchild. That's that's what it was about, like, and and so, um, but yeah, we you know we just pulled up there and said, you you were the music director the first oh, week, right? Oh dear God. <laughs> So, yeah, so when you pastor a small church, like, they didn't have any music. That was it. So the pastor had done it all before, and he left. And so we come in, and, and listen, you see Rhonda up here going, she's going, God, I bless you. You know, she's going all kind of crazy, and you think, wow, that lady is so outgoing. No, she's, no, she's not really that outgoing. <laughs> and especially then, she was so shy. Some of my families here, they would tell you, Rhonda's so shy. And... uh and so I said, okay, no problem. I'll do it. I've always wanted to sing anyways. And so sure enough, the first Sunday come, we, had, we found a piano player. We paid her $30 to come. She'd come play the piano. And I got up there, and I led the singing. It was so good. <laughs> it was so good that the, somebody come out of the audience like that, not, that day and said, listen, Pastor, if you, uh, if you won't do that again, I will come and help you. And sure enough, that's how I got a volunteer. He come and helped, and he was much better. Absolutely. So you were there in Forest Park for a while, and the church grew. And then you felt like, I'm not going to leave this church because you had already prayed that prayer. You want to stay somewhere. So you decided to take the church with you, and an opportunity came in Rex. Yes. So our church was on 1.8 acres of property. So that's under two acres. Uh, so we began to grow and we was out of, out of property. I mean, you know, out of space. And so, uh, there was a church in Rex that had, it was part of our denominational structure. So we went down and uh, met with that guy and said, Hey, he was in his seventies and said, do you want to, uh, you want to retire? Do you want to retire? And he's like, uh, well, I would retire, but I can't afford my house. And so we realized that he was getting, a, he had a parsonage as the church was paying for. So we said, hey, we'll just, we'll just give you the parsonage. You can just have it. We'll pay it off. You can have it. And, and if you want to retire. And uh, so he did that. And we, we come in and, and took over the, you know, was going to come in. And he had 30 people. He was going to do a merger. But before that happened, our people, they only had a round, it had an auditorium and a little fellowship building. We had no Sunday school space. And they said, well, what are we going to do about Sunday school? I said, no problem. We're going, to rent, we're going to get trailers. We're going to move in these modular units. And, you know, we're going to do that. And so, yeah, everybody's like, let's go. And again, I'm in my 20s, okay? I'm like, by this time, I'm like 28. I'm like, oh, let's do it. Everybody's like, let's do it. And so the week before we to move over, I thought, well, I might ought to call the county and ask them, do I need a permit for these modular units, for these trailers? <laughs> And so when I called the county and said, hey, uh, you know, we're starting our, our church is moving. We're moving these trailers in. They're like, no, you're not. I was like, well, you, every school in the county has got 15 trailers. I'm, what do you mean I'm not going to get to, you know? And they was like, no, we put a moratorium on that. You can't move any trailers in. I thought, oh, my God. And here I am. They told all these people we're going to do this. 
And so we couldn't do it. We couldn't move the trailer. So I just prayed. I mean, listen, that's all. I was like, God, you got to help me. And I just, God, I was begging God, God, help me. And when I was praying, God gave me a name. That's all. A name come to my mind. It was a guy that was doing a survey on the property in Rex because he was having to refinance it to pay that guy's house off. So he was doing that. And he'd been around the county a long time. So I went, I said, listen, I was praying today. God gave me your name. I don't know what that means, but I need help. And he just started laughing at me. He said, well, Jeff, I can't help you. But he gave me the name of a guy by the name of Terrell Starr. If you've been around Clayton County anytime, you know this guy. I didn't know him then. He was a county commissioner. I made an appointment. I uh, went in, and again, I'm a, I'm a 20-year-old kid, all right? I mean, I'm like, I don't know anything. I don't claim to know a whole lot right now. But anyways, I didn't know anything. And so I went to that guy's office, and I said, I said, man, listen. I told him, I said, I promised our church that we was going to do this. I thought it was okay. I seen all this. I said, I'm in trouble. I need, I need some help. I'm in trouble. That guy said, hold on a second. He dialed his, picked up his phone. He called down to the county. He said, uh, we have a fine pastor right here. Got a great congregation in our community. We were 75 people. <laughs> he said, and you know what? They, they, need, they need this place. They've been good for our community. They need this place. They need these trailers in there. And I could hear him talking on the, I could, he held the phone back and I could hear him just talking loud. No, we, we voted against that, blah, blah, blah. He said, well, you know what? They're going to be down there about, a, about an hour to pick up that permit. So I appreciate you doing that for me. <laughs> you know what I was like? Go God, go God. I mean, I just like, you go God. I mean, it was amazing. All of a sudden God did it. I mean, it was a miracle. And we got it those was. monitors in. And uh, go God. Yeah, we didn't have just one. We had three. That's right. So yeah. we got to, <laughs> to pick up the permit. I said, uh, uh, how many they got ready to give me a permit? I said, I can eat three of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a picture, I believe, of our Rex property. This is uh, when Tyler and Caitlin were really small. And I love Caitlin's expression. Uh, she's just like. Yes. Same one she has today. Yeah, same today. That's it. Yep. And <laughs> by the way, uh, you see the hair starting. I still had hair there. So if you guys want to know why I got this, it's your fault. All right. That's right. <laughs> That's it. The, so other we, two, the other two services said they wasn't taking responsibility yeah. for that. Well, the, we got to Rex and uh, had a, that's where I joined you guys, was at that location. And then um, it, you, you kind of get comfortable, I guess, and then people start kind of uh, getting their own opinions about how things should go, and, and you felt like you were kind of being the referee more than a pastor sometimes. Tell me what that brought kind of decisions that brought you to. Yeah, so we'd been the pastors, I guess, about five or six years at the church, and, you know, our church was like inward focus. It's all about everybody. If you ever had a, you know how you have a family reunion sometimes, you go there and, and there's people that you really don't like a whole lot, but you see them once a year, so you can say, okay, I can put up with this for a little while, but then after that, you got to go. And so it was like having a family reunion every weekend and people didn't like each other and they were, they were, they were constantly fighting each other. I mean, just this one's mad at this one. And I was constantly going, hey, it's okay, this, it's okay, and trying to make peace between these people all the time. And I was miserable. And so I remember, you know, I have a habit of getting up at, at uh, 6 a.m. to pray. And so I got up that morning. It was a Monday morning. I never forget it. And I got up that morning. I said, God, I don't know what happened that Sunday. I can't tell you. But I said, God, if you don't show me something today, I'm done. I, I don't want to waste my life like this. And, um, and so I said, God, I'm done. And so as I was praying, of course, I'm, you know, I'm emotional, I'm weeping because I, I mean, I'm just broken. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. 
This is all there is to it, pastoring. I don't want to do that. And at that moment, I said, God, if you don't show me something, I'm done. I already said, you know, I already pictured the real estate sign in my yard. I pictured, like, I'm going to sell this house. I said, God, I'm going to sell this house. I'm going to take Rhonda and let her move back close to her mom. And, and, and we, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go to church and all, but I, ain't, I don't want to do this. And it's by, as soon as I got that out of my mouth, you know, I'm like, God, I mean this. And I was thinking about how I was going to have to go in there and tell Rhonda, this is over. We're going to move. Which I think at that moment, she would have went, celebrate good. I think she would have got excited because it was rough. Maybe so. So um, I said, God, if you don't show me something. And so God showed me right at that moment. I got a, I, in my heart, in my mind, I, I saw a cover of this book. It was called The Purpose Driven Church. God showed me that book. I said, Jeff, I want you to read this book. This is a plan. I just heard that just as plain as somebody's talking to me. I just heard it. You know, God, Jeff, I want you to read this book. And I went and I, I read the Bible and that book. And, and what it, that book was all about was, you know, churches are to be reaching out outside of the walls and not just inward focus. And, and that changed everything. That changed the whole tra trajectory of our church. Absolutely. So after you kind of got that renewed vision, um, we, we can never be, uh, you know, content. Right, Rhonda? Right, we can never we're be content. Never content because pastor's always ready to go and, and do the next thing. And so um, what did God do in you? What did he show you that moving forward that we had to we had to build, you know? Oh, yes. Yeah, so that, that was the thing. It's like, you know, we had to build. We had to move. Listen, when we were in Forest Park, again, you know, we was there. We was right by the airport. And it was a small place, but I remember getting the cordless mic. Oh, man, when you're 20 years old and you get a cordless mic back in the day, I mean, you had stepped up. I mean, like, I was like, T.D. Jakes, come on, come on, somebody, come on, somebody, you know. I was like, oh, yes, sir. I was, had my towel in my back pocket, you know, wiped my head. <laughs> He's yeah. like the kids with karaoke. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I, I, my, my, I was somebody because I had a cordless mic. The only problem with that was... Is that when the airplanes come in to land, it'd be like, uh, we're runway number three. Number. <laughs> I'd be preaching all of a sudden, it'd break in on my cordless mic, runway number three, you're clear to go. <laughs> and then, not only that, but all the interstates were right there. You know, all the interstates come together at Forest Park right there. And so the truckers, I'd be preaching sometime, they'd go, I mean, I'd be right in a big moment, and God said, and they all of a sudden go, breaker, breaker, one nine, we got uh, Smokey over here. I'm like, oh, gee, Louise. <laughs> So when we moved to Rex, we traded the, tr the planes for trains because the train come right behind our property. And so every time I'd get right to the point of, you know, getting serious in the message, all of a sudden the train would come by. Yeah. And so, uh, but anyways, in spite of that, we grew, grew and we realized that we had to build. We couldn't, the, 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 we were landlocked, so we couldn't build there. And so the next thing was we said, well, I said, what are we going to do? I said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to sell this place. We're going to go, we're going to move into a school for two years because we got to sell before we can build and we're going to build a new church. So we bought this property and we're like, okay, here we go. And so I, you know, I knew at that time there was probably at least 10 churches in the schools around here. So I thought, no big deal. Again, I didn't learn anything. And so I said, oh, we're going to do that. Well, we sold our property. We had said, okay, we had so many days to get out. So I said, well, I'm going to go down here and talk to the school now. <laughs> I went down and talked to the people at school, and they just about cursed at me. Said, no, we don't want any churches here. Matter of fact, we don't want any churches in any of our schools. And I was like, oh, my good God, what am I going to do? What did I do? I went right to my knees. Like, I said, God, you got to help me. I, I've messed up here. I made a mistake. 
And I mean, I'm talking about like freaked out. What are we going to do? Because I could just see us not having a church of media after I done promised these people this. And so I went, matter of fact, you may remember this. I was praying that morning again. I said, God, you know, help me. And the Lord showed me again. Where Rhonda and I had went to vote, I saw the picture of that school in my mind's eye, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, go, go, go to that school. I think we have the picture of Stockbridge Middle School. So that's, yes. that's what you saw yes. when you were in prayer. And so I went, matter of fact, I was scared to go by myself because I'd been rejected. So I went by and got Chesney. <laughs> I said, you going with me. And so we went by that school and I made her go in first. And, and so we went in that school and sure enough, we got there. That assistant principal said, said, hey, have a seat in this room. And he come in and he said, you know what? We love churches and we want to help. What can we do to help you? And it was a miracle of God. God done another miracle right there. In, in two years. Two years. He said that uh, like... You knew it was going to be two years. We was hoping it would be one year. Yes. Which turned into two years. And it's quite the challenge uh, to do church in a school because you have to set up and tear down every week, every week. And then also, you know, on, we were fortunate enough that they let us come in on Wednesday nights too. And so during Wednesday nights, we would try to practice the, our music set for that Sunday. Um, and it was always a challenge because if a teacher didn't want you in her room, you didn't go in her room. And so we started out in the chorus room, which is the best room to be in, right, to practice music. Well, the chorus teacher kicked us out. So here we go. We had to take all of our instruments. Our drums was on a little cart and our piano's on a cart. And we, every week we try to find a new room to practice. And so we ended up in the art room practicing most of the time. But um, anyway, that was quite the adventure. But, you know, we kept doing stuff. We didn't give up. Even though we were in a school for two years, we didn't give up. We still continued having Easter programs. We still continued to have our kids' musicals at Christmas. We kept fighting uh, those two years, even though it was so tough to even just practice. We kept fighting. And, oh, by the way, that course teacher ended up coming to our church. That's later, right. Yes, so. she did. She that's kicked right. us out, but then she came. That's, so. that's exactly right. And so she moved away just a few yeah. years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. We, you always teach us that excellence is not perfection, but excellence is doing the best with what you have. And so that's what we've always tried to do. And uh, so, yeah, so we moved into the school. And then as we're building, uh, there was some some vision that you were giving, uh, of course, about uh, not being inward focused, being outward focused. And then as we came and moved here to this location, which you can see the picture of um, SEC in 2003 when we first moved in, that's what it looked like, all the little shrubs and all that kind of stuff. And, and I can't believe that we had our groundbreaking just two days before 9-11. That was very interesting. That's Pastor up on the uh, machinery there. But um, as we, we moved in uh, after those two years, and some people, they, they kind of felt like um, this wasn't the church for them anymore. Yeah, that, those are the, you know, you've heard me say, well, we had these problems, and then I prayed, and boom, you know. Well, it's not that simple. I mean, there's a lot of pain, and... And those years were very, very difficult for us. Um, matter of fact, those years almost broke me. Uh, the building program went horrible. We, you know, we got to, we, when we, the builder that we chose, uh, which was a part of the church, did not work out. Uh, the bankers that we had, you know, chosen that give us a letter, okay, we're gonna give you a loan. So we used all of our cash up, you know, like, okay, we're gonna use our cash before we borrow money, right? Everybody thought that was a good idea. So we, we used our cash up doing all the grading here, and then uh, we got ready to say, okay, we're ready for our, you know, to go ahead and take the next step with our loan, 
And they said, no, we're not going to do it. And so that was going on. So we ended up having to fire the builder and which was become legal stuff. And then, and then, uh, you know, the bankers and again, what it, all I knew to do was pray and, and praying that moment, what are we going to do? And again, I was praying, I said, God, you know, we're done, but the bankers are not going to give us a loan. And so I prayed again and God gave me a name. He always said, he always gave me a name. He call, I called a guy that built our first house, Larry Adams, hadn't talked to him in years, called him up and said, Larry, listen, I don't know why I'm talking to you, but God gave me a name today and here's what's going on. And he said, Jeff, I'm so sorry to hear that that's happening to you guys. That's not right. And he said, you know what? Me and a couple other guys have just started a bank and we would love to talk to you. And I said, really? He said, I want you to talk to this guy down at the bank. Well, I, would, I didn't call so many bankers. I was tired of getting rejected. And to be honest with you, I didn't even want to call anybody else. And so, so the next, but that afternoon, I didn't call that guy. That guy called me. And within the three weeks, we had a loan that we needed to have. Because again, God come through again. But that, would, that sounds great. But after the, you know, we got the loan and we started, we got in the building. Well, there's a group of people that decided that, which are, was our financial base, that decided they didn't want to be a part of this church anymore. They said, you know what? If you can't go back to the old way of doing things, then we're not going to be a part of it. And, and it was a lot of our senior adults who walked out. And, and it left us. I mean, we had, here we were in a brand new building. We couldn't pay for it. One, my assistant, our, our secretary at that time was Angie Benton. She walked into my office, a brand new office, three months into it. She said, Pastor, you know, I knew that we financially, I mean, I knew where our finances were, but she said, I just want to make you aware as of today, we have $8,000 in the bank. 80, we have a payment due in two weeks of $8,300, and we have the staff to pay and the, the utilities to pay. In other words, after, after two weeks, we're not going to have any money left. And so when she walked out, I said, okay, and she walked out of the room. And I tell you what, I, that's when I said, God, I'm done. I'm finished. Because through this building program, it had been so hard. Matter of fact, I think I had a heart attack during that time. I, I mean, in my 30s, I, I don't have any evidence of that. But I, I mean, like Ronnie could tell you, there was one night I almost just went to the hospital because it was hurting so bad. And, and it was a horrible time. I mean, I would come in sometimes from those that those stressful times and like it's like I just want to ball up and like you know get in your arms and say you know I just can't take this anymore and uh, and so he was in that season and we just come through all that these people just left and finally that was the straw that broke the camel's back as a saying and I said you know what God I'm done after she walked out she walked out I bowed my head I'm crying I said this is it I said Sunday I'm going to step up there and I'm going to tell these people this church that we're not going to be a church anymore that I, we're going to resign. I'm going to sell the building. I'm not going to leave a debt with anybody. I'm going to sell the building. And I'm not going to ever be a pastor again. I want to be a Christian. I want to go to heaven. And I, I, but I'm not going to be a pastor again. I'm done. And as soon as I said that again, I'm like, I mean, I'm just distraught. I'm done. Fifteen minutes later, she rings my office and says, there's three men here to look at the building. And I thought, you know, the first, she said, you want me to show them? And I said, no, I'll get myself together. And so after I started getting myself together, I thought, well, thank God, God's answered the prayer. They're coming to buy the building. Hallelujah. You know, I'm going I'm to sell the building. So I went into real estate mode. I come out here, I got myself, I said, well, let me show you. This is our foyer here, you know, and this is our auditorium. We walked in the auditorium. It's like, Pastor, we don't, we don't want to see your, your auditorium, your building. I said, really? Well, what can I do for you? They said, well, you know that church in Forest Park, the very first church, we had owner-financed it to another ministry, uh, and, 
and they had they had uh, they had went into forecl- uh, not for bankruptcy, and so we were told by the courts that we could never contact them again, and that we could never send them a letter. And ba- the bottom line was that you're never going to see your money again. Well, that guy that walked in said, "Listen, we're we're over that denomination, and we want to make things right with you." And so, I mean, like, we hadn't heard anything in years from those people. And then all of a sudden, long story short, within two weeks, we had $157,000 in our bank account. Can you believe that? Isn't that awesome, everybody? Look, I just want to tell you, what is the message of our life? Is you don't quit. You never give up. You get knocked down. Everybody gets knocked down. Everybody gets beat up, but you never quit on God. You never give up on God. And I'm telling you, when you think it's all over, it ain't over because God's not done. And listen, people were writing our church off and saying, it's never going to make it. But God said, I want a church there. And I want you to know that that's been years ago. That's been, you know, about 15 years ago. And here we still stand growing and God has blessed our church. Amen, everybody. Amen. You don't give up on God. That's the message. You never give up. You see, when you go through a hard time, and I made it sound so easy, well, I just prayed and God done it. No. No, there was nights that I, I didn't sleep many nights and, I, you know, eat up with anxiety, acid reflux to the nth degree. I mean, there, all of that stuff was going on. And we were going through challenges in our own marriage and in our home. And it was all these things were going on on top of that. I mean, I just thought I was going to lose it at times. And then God comes through. And that's what I want to tell you. That's the message of our life. That's a, that's a legacy that we want to live. When our time's up, we want you to know that you never give up on God. You never quit. And the only reason we're here is because we refuse to quit. We just refuse to quit. You know, I don't know why, because anybody who looked at my situation said, you know, well, you should just throw in the towel. Well, I sh- they probably logically thinking I should have. But, but with God, you just don't quit. And God always gets you through what you're going through. Amen, everybody? Amen. God gets you through. Well, at your 20-year mark, you, um, you're kind of like David with Psalms in the book of Psalms. Just kind of your life and your ministry just go like this. You came to another crossroad. Yeah. And you were deciding about to go forward or, or not. So, yeah. So, at, at 20 years, which would have been six years ago, you know, I... Our church had grown. We'd grown to about, you know, 600 people at that time. And, and that was great. But we had plateaued right there. We'd bounced back to like 500, 600. And I knew that we needed to build. You know, we need to do all this expansion that you see now. We need to do that. But listen, I didn't want to do it. Because I'd just been through hell getting us to here. I mean, everything that you can think of that, the, that I mean, I had just been through that. We had been through so much. And I didn't want to put myself through that again. And I'm like, you know, every time God would even try to whisper something about building again, I'm like, la, 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 <laughs> not talking to me. I didn't want to do it again. And every pastor that's been through building programs will tell you that, that they will run from it. And I'd understood why now because it was so painful. And so finally, um, at our 20-year mark, we did a sabbatical. We was gone for about three weeks. It's the longest, longest time I'd ever took off. And, uh, and as we were gone... I, be, I was praying, and there's a guy in our church has a, a had a lake house at that time in Hawassie. And I remember going out there and sitting in the swing and looking at the lake. It was early in the morning. Again, I have a time, you know, I get up and I read my Bible and pray every day. That's what's kept me all my years is that. And I was reading the Bible, and I was just, you know, reading, and all of a sudden, God started to speak to me. 
And I felt like the Lord said this to me, either you go back and you build and you grow my church or either you go because I'm going to build a church in Stockbridge and I need a man that's not going to quit to do it. It was that moment that everything changed. I was scared to death. I didn't know how. Well, you know, it was raising money. It was all this stuff, and I didn't want to do it. But I said, God, I'll do it. We'll do it. And I come back and told Rhonda, I said, I said, well, Rhonda, we're going to go back and build. And she didn't know all the other stuff was going on. Yeah, I didn't know there was any other option but to build. I didn't know there was an option to leave. And then when I found that out, I was like, well, you go right ahead. I'll stay right here. Go on. <laughs> That's what's been so funny all of our lives. There's never, you know, there's never been... Um, you know, when you're at your work lowest, the devil tries, that's when he tries the hardest. When we were going through all of that uh, difficulty of building programs, that's the only time I've had a church call me and say, hey, would you like to come be our pastor? And let me tell you something. They had, it was a larger church, and he said, we got all this we will give you. It's like the, like the devil had Jesus on the mountain, you know, look at all of this. <laughs> and this little lady right here said, ain't no need talking about that, Jeff. We ain't going nowhere. That's right. That's been years ago. I mean, that's been years ago. And you know what? That's right. We're, we said, you know what? We're not quitters, and we're not going to quit. And so that, that, when we made that decision, it was amazing what happened, how God changed everything. And, of course, we have the picture, and what you're sitting in today is what, um, it's just amazing how just all the stories that I know of, of how much smoother this process was oh, yeah. mm. just because of, of wisdom that you've gained and uh, the people that you put around yourself to, to do it um, the right way. So last year we were supposed to celebrate this day in 2020, but the pandemic came. And God spoke some things as we're closing to your heart. He brought some uh, goals to your mind, and he, he brought a verse to your mind that was, that was very important. Yeah, so listen, out of all the challenges, so we've made it through a lot of things over our 20-some years, 26 years, but last year was one of the most difficult years for us. I mean, it was the most, here we are, you know, we've given our life to see your lives get better. Your children, we've been all about the next generation. That's why we did all this building. We did all of this. And we're like, God, we're going to, we're going to, we're, you know, going. And our, of course, our church was, you know, we're running well over a thousand people at that time. And then all of a sudden in one week, we can't see you. And I just hear on the news, you know, well, 15 days to stop the spread. I'm like, well, we can do this for 15 days. I mean, they won't be that bad. And then, of course, we know that 15 days turned into weeks and then months. About two months into that, I thought, you just like everybody, it's just like you did on your job. Oh, no, what's going to happen? And I thought, financially, God, what's going to happen? Because, you know, that's the question. What's going to happen? And then all of a sudden, I started thinking about, you know, will these people ever come back? Because, see, you may just think it's just you coming, but I think about you all the time. If you've got children, you understand a little bit about what it's like to be a pastor. Because, see, when I don't see you, even though some people say, well, Pastor Jeff, you know, I watch you every week online. Well, and I get to see you. I'm like, well, I don't get to see you. And, and it's just, I can't explain that, how it feels. And so everybody was gone. And I was coming and preaching to a camera. I didn't like that at all. Depression began to set in with me, as it did a lot of people. 
And I was reading again. The only thing that's ever got me through what I've been going through is that I have that habit of getting up at six o'clock in the morning and talk first thing, God. And I read, I try to read the Bible through every year and, and I just read, you know, sometimes when you do that, you just read sections of the Bible. You just read it because you're supposed to read it to get through it. So I'm in this book called Haggai and I'm just reading it to get through it. But that morning, God spoke to me. Haggai 2.89, and the gist of that verse says this. God said, the silver's mine and the gold's mine. Jeff, don't you worry about who's going to pay for my church. Don't you worry about it. And he said, the future glory of this temple will be greater than the former glory. And you know what? I had to step out on faith right then. I said, okay, God, you got this. And what I want to tell you is that was so true. Financially, we had the strongest year we've ever had in 2020. God blessed us, and we gave away $116,000. It was amazing what God did through us. Amen? And listen, our attendance is not 100% back, but let me tell you something. We baptized 55 people yeah. last week, Amen. everybody. Amen? And every, every week now, I, I just met some couples at the other services. It was walking out, you know, and they was like, Pastor, it's good to see you back. This is my first week back. This is my first week. I'm hearing that over and over again. And, you know, and not only that, but there was a lady. There was a lady that the reason, if we went through the pandemic for no other reason, there was a lady that, that got baptized last week. And she said, I've been watching online. And she said, I gave my life to Jesus. And, and so she was here on Easter Sunday for the first time. And she signed up and she was baptized last week because she was one of those souls that was out there searching during the pandemic that God turned her toward our sight. And, and she received Christ because of that. I'm telling you, there's a purpose of God behind everything that's going on. And if you're here to tell me that it's over, I'm here to tell you that you don't know my God. Right. Amen. Amen. If you're here to tell me this, it's never going to be. And listen. There's a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people out there saying, well, you know, the church is dying now. The church is declining now. I want to tell you, they don't know what I know. They don't know what I see. I'm seeing a hunger grow in our younger generation like never before. I'm seeing the passion of people rise up. I'm seeing the people of God begin to speak up. I'm telling you that I believe that we're not on a breakdown. We're on a breakthrough and right. that there's a revival that's coming across our land that God is going to use you and me to do. I'm not quitting. How about you? Listen, if there's anything that, that our lives should say to you is that you don't give up. When the hardest days of your life come, when the hardest days of your marriage come, when the hardest days of your family come, you just don't quit. What do you do? You just get up and put one foot in front of the other and do what you know to do. That's all you do. Amen. You do it. What the only thing I ever knew to do was get up and pray and read the Bible. Get up and pray and read the Bible. And many of those days, I couldn't tell you anything that I read. It wasn't what, what, what I was getting out of it that mattered. It's what was getting in me that mattered. Right. God was building something stronger in me that I never had before. And you don't know nothing until you've been through something. Amen, everybody? Don't tell, listen, all these people, are, well, I don't know, I just quit. No, no, you don't just quit, you gotta go through it. Some things you just gotta go through to where God can get you to where he wants you to be. And you don't give up on God. Right. You never give up. You never give up, you never give up. You know, the reason we're sitting here today is because Rhonda and I are together. I've been, I've, we've tried to be transparent with you and let you know that we, we've had difficult days. I mean, in our marriage, we've had difficult days. We've had difficult days as parents raising our children. It's been difficult. 
There's things we've had to go through. But I'm telling you what we've learned is this, is that you don't, you just don't give up. You just keep going on and you just keep pressing forward. And somehow when you think you can't go anymore, God comes through. God comes through. You want to add anything to that, Rhonda? That was so good. That's right. (laughs) But it is true. The enemy will all the time try to throw things to, to get you off course, to make you doubt what your calling is. But you just don't give up. You don't give up. And like Jeff said, uh, I think 2020 was probably one of the hardest for me is just not seeing you guys coming into this building. Like you said, it's like everything, it felt like the enemy had won. <laughs> he thought he had. But we came in and we kept going because we knew he was a liar. And we're here today and we're getting stronger week by week. More people are coming back and more lives are being changed because we're not going to give up. We're going to keep going forward. Amen. Amen. So, Pastor, there may be some people watching online. There may be some people in this room that may be on the brink of giving up. And so I want you to pray the prayer with them uh, to become a Christ follower and tell them about Jesus and how they can know him. You know, before I do that, 2020 was very difficult. And not only that, but in our community, you know, we were building unity in our community. You know, and then all the racial tension happened and all that stuff happened. It's like everything the devil could throw at us to divide and tear us apart was happening. That's what was hard for me. Like, you know, we, we said oh, in our, our community, we're going to be one. We're going to be a church of, that, you know, like Baskin and Robin, 31 flavors, baby. I mean, right? You, we wanted every, every race represented. Every, we want every person in the world represented. And we were moving so close to that. And then all of that stuff happened. That's what hurt me the most. It's like, God, I can't speak to our people to bring us together. They can only hear the world's voice. But I want to tell you that God was moving even within that. And you know what the world has tried to do to divide us, it's only made us as a church draw closer together. It's only made me realize that my love for everybody is stronger than before. And I just want to tell you today, no matter what the world's thrown at you, don't you ever give up. And if you're not a Christian today, friend, you don't have any hope. But if you'll receive Jesus Christ in your life, I'm telling you, when I was a boy, 15 years old, I made the biggest, greatest decision in my life was to accept him. And I accepted him and he changed my life. You know, some of my family's here today and tell you, there's nothing special about me. Not one thing special about me. And the only thing that's happened, that's good that's happened is cause of God inside of me. That's it. And God wants to do the same in your life. He wants to change your life. He wants to make your life better. That's why we say that the opportunity for a better life is what Jesus Christ offers. And we want to help you find that. And today, one of the ways we do that is just simply by praying a prayer. If you're not a Christ follower, if you're watching online, you're not a Christ follower today. As you pray the prayer, dear Lord Jesus, come into my life and save me. Because, friend, he will save you. You say, well, pastor, you know, you just don't know what's going on in my life. I don't, but I know he's the healer. I know he's the deliverer. I know he's the provider. And I know that he can get you through what you're going through. Amen, everybody. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, today I thank you. I thank you so much for who you are. God, I thank you for all three of these services that we've had today. I thank you for all the beautiful people. God, I thank you for people that went on the journey with us. We didn't do this by ourselves. God, I thank you for all the staff that that has come on the journey with us. God, I thank you that they were not willing to quit either. And God, I thank you. I thank you for every person, oh God, who's partnered with us. Lord, they're not quitters. 
and they're making a difference. Now, Lord, if there's someone here that doesn't know you or someone watching, I'm asking right now, God, that they would just pray that prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, come to my life and save me. Forgive me of my sins. Lord, I'm asking you today that you would just do something great in their life. Lord, the world may have said there are nobody and they can never make it. But God, show them that there is somebody in you. And I just thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.